Hello, everyone. Welcome to what must be at this point the hottest new tabletop role playing game interview show in the business, or at least interview shows that are a subsection of actual play shows that have only been around for a few months. There's a lot of caveats. There's like asterisk after asterisk on that particular opener, which now that I think about it is the perfect introduction because this week on Reckless A Talk, our twice monthly interview series where we talk with TTRPG professionals and personalities and creators, this week we have Sophie off of Reckless Attack. Sophie and I have known each other for a long time, but not really known known each other for the majority of that. She was my wife's college best friend, who I really enjoyed being around, but wasn't super close with. And then one day, she answered a Facebook reach out on behalf of her then-boyfriend, David. She stole my heart with a half-orc barbarian named Umbra Bearclaw, and the rest is history. Sophie has become one of my absolute favorite people, both on and off the table. She is bright, passionate, kind, so frickin' funny. She's just a true delight in all things and in all ways. In this episode, Sophie and I talk a little bit about finding your character, gaming with her partner, growing into a challenge, being yourself in and out of character, and being a Travis at the table. You guys are going to love it, and we will see you back here on Tuesday for our next episode of Reckless Attack. Thanks. Hello, Sophie. Hey, Nathan. (laughs) How are you doing this lovely evening? I'm so tired. Me too. Yeah, it's already been a week, mm-hmm. but we're here, and we that's are. pretty exciting, and we will bring a different kind of energy, mm-hmm. not the kind of like hyper-manic energy, mm-hmm. but the, the the energy of intention. Mm-hmm. Cozy intention. Ooh, yeah, that's like, that, I like that, especially because our intro music has that little like fireplace mm-hmm. crackle, yeah. so, you know, that'll that'll be the vibes. Is Listeners, we're, we're in front of a fireplace with... We, Two hot toddies. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what drink you're drinking. I'm drinking a hot toddy. No, that toddy, sounds clearly. great. You ordered for the table and, you know, then you realize like, ooh, I'm sorry. Like, is that what you wanted? And you're like, you know what, Sophie? That is exactly what I wanted. Thank you. Please, great. listener, pull up an overstuffed chair next to this roaring fire with us as mm-hmm. we have yet another wonderful episode of Reckless to Talk. Woo. Sophie, thank you for joining. Yeah. I am super excited to chat with you here. And part of that is because, um, well, for a lot of reasons, first of all, of, of the people on this podcast that I talk to generally, <laughs> but especially about role-playing games, you are definitely the one that I do so f- less frequently mm-hmm. of everyone in that I am constantly talking with Jonathan and David about yeah. whatever nonsense, <laughs> podcast or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve is always excited to talk about all his decades of experience and it just like pours out of his mouth in a way that is both wonderful but also you know omnipresent right i don't often get to just like sit and kind of like go through the nitty-gritty of tabletop (laughs) stuff with you yeah Uh, even if it's not the like same types of nitty-gritty we'll say Mm -hmm. 
as your husband and his brother might be getting into. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely not getting into the nitty gritty no. of those eggs. No, no. I if it helps, I am not either. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am observing their nitty gritty, and I am I am respecting it. I'm saying, mm-hmm. wow, yeah. Thank God you are doing it. Right. I deeply appreciate it, them yes. going head first into the deep end and all of that, and, <laughs> and then I get a delightful summary from david yeah exactly and that's all i needed (laughs) but also i am excited to talk to you a little bit just because our our own relationship and friendship over the years has changed in very fun and cool ways yeah and it's been really delightful getting to know you kind of around the table and just generally and Mm -hmm. so i'm excited to kind of talk a little bit about that as well yeah but since we are a D&D podcast, <laughs> I wanted to start a little bit in that realm of things. So I know a little bit about how you kind of got started mm-hmm. in that I know Jonathan's talked about it a little bit and David has talked about it a little bit and just I vaguely know about it. Mm-hmm. But how did you get introduced to tabletop role playing games? I got introduced to tabletop role playing games because I was dating a guy mm-hmm. who was interested in in them and was like trying to form a a group. Jonathan wanted, I think Jonathan wanted to run a game of Pathfinder. I think so. Yeah. Or something. I feel so bad. <laughs> I feel so bad. And I'm so grateful to Jonathan because Pathfinder is incredibly complicated. Yes. And I will never understand confirming a crit. I don't get it. I'm <laughs> mad about it. I, oh, yeah. And I'm not mad about it. It's just, I have a lot of, don't get me drunk and have me talk about Pathfinder because I have some things to <laughs> some, say. Some opinions <laughs> some and opinions. some some emotions tied up, especially yes. I could see confirming crits. When you sit down, you roll a 20 or a high number. Mm-hmm. For me, I want to feel that immediately and right. just be like, it's a 20. The celebration starts yeah, now. Exactly. And then anything in addition to that is mm. immediately detracting from the experience. Yeah. And I get why Pathfinder had to do everything so overpowered in Pathfinder. And I, that is one thing that is great about Pathfinder is like so much crazy shit happens. Yes. Uh, but so Jonathan was putting together a game. Yes. And was that you coming in relatively fresh where like you're vaguely aware of D and D or, or, you know, how, how, how new were these ideas to you at that time? They were fairly new. Like I knew what Dungeons and Dragons was. Yeah. David definitely had to explain that Pathfinder was like Dungeons and Dragons, but not. Classic sales pitch. Yeah. And then in high school, I was part of the nerd club. Like that was an actual club. It was just called the nerd club? Yeah. And it was just like a more like a safe space where like anybody could come and yeah. like find people who wanted to play this game. And but everyone was playing magic. And I was like, this is complicated. <laughs> and I was like, I really like this horse card. Can I have it? And they're like, yeah, sure. It doesn't do anything. And I was like, great. I have a horse. Great. Card. I have one horse card. The magic collection has begun. I can <laughs> yeah. play now. Right. Um, magic was really like the game everybody was into yeah. at that. But so I didn't really have a. TTRPG. Yeah, there was no adjacent thing that. going on. Got mm-hmm. it. And I I had never been to the Dice Dojo. I didn't know who Steve was. No, you're right. Yeah, the legendary <laughs> Dice Dojo figure, yes. Steve, uh, as I'm mm-hmm. sure is definitely the case. How how did it get described to you in that? Like, here's what D and D or what like Pathfinder or what this experience is going to be like. I don't remember exactly, but 
knowing David, he <laughs> he focused on the technical side of it of like you're gonna build this character that's gonna have stats and there will be a story is basically probably how it was. Yep, cool. And I definitely went into it being like, I really like this guy. We should we should have like a common thing together. And yeah. it's like, yeah, sure. You know, be open to new experiences. And I remember at that point in my life, I was like, I'm going to be honest with him if I don't like this. Like, (laughs) like, I'm not going to rope myself into like a weekly four hour evening if I don't like it. Yeah, right. You have other things to do. And Mm -hmm. while you like David, do you four hours a week like him? Uh, (laughs) Not like that. I mean, I do like him like that. I would. But I'm very glad I liked it and I didn't have right. to pretend exactly. that I was there for, for four hours. Sophie, if 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 this is the space <laughs> safe space you need right now to say, like, actually, all of this is terrible, <laughs> please, no more. You can say that and this can mm-hmm. turn into instead your, like, radicalist attack send off. And be like, <laughs> guys, I appreciated the couple, you know, the dozen and some episodes that we did. Yeah. And that was cool. But, like, I actually don't like mm. this so you can yeah. do that if you need to no need okay, i good. i do i really like D way better than pathfinder <laughs> so other than being able to just sit and stare at your beautiful now husband <laughs> for several hours yeah. uh over the course of uh you know once a week or whatever at, and occasionally throw dice around mm-hmm. was there a, was there a moment for you where one thing I really love about playing with new players mm-hmm. is that moment where they like realize like, oh, wait a second. Wait, I can do anything. Or there, there's always a switch that flips mm-hmm. where they realize like, oh, oh, I'm into this. Do you remember a specific a specific time or moment that like you went from, oh, I'm trying this and I'll see what it is. And oh, this is fun and fine mm-hmm. to to, you know, kind of getting more on the path of where you are now as someone who, well, plays in a podcast but plays regularly and enjoys playing um there's not one moment that really stands out i am a slow mover in a lot of things (laughs) i like to joke about it with david all the time it's like you know i'm gonna take my time i'm gonna figure out what i want yep and so i need to like spend time doing it and i think the pathfinder game was really like where i said no, I do like this, and this is a lot of fun. Uh, I think it really helped that we had a great group of mm-hmm. um, people. I have found, I've not realized, I'm usually the only woman there, um, except for Mary, sometimes Kay. Love you. Thank you for being there. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> like you gals. Uh, but yeah, I think that really helped too, and it's just, I think David explained it really well where he likes it, where it's really fun to hang out, but sometimes there's a lot of social anxiety if sure. you don't have an activity. Absolutely. Yes. And after he explained that to me, I was like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you can come together as a group and you have a lot of side conversations and like catch up about life. And But then you also have structure yeah. to your socialization, yeah. which is very helpful. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's definitely the same for me of like, I like making up stories and I like, you know, the drama and all that kind of stuff. But also it's nice just having a thing mm-hmm. with friends that is regular and like, oh, we're all we're all having fun and having a nice time. Great. Cool. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We have a reason to be doing this. Exactly. And, and a structure around it. Do you remember what your first character was? A ranger. Mm-hmm. Her name started with an A. <laughs> I Left have a big the character impression. sheet somewhere. 
She was a ranger, and Jonathan gave me a big bird. I don't remember <laughs> the bird's name either. I feel really bad, but I was basically just like a sniper. My in the brain, sky with my big bird, absolutely just auto filled the Sesame Street big bird when you said that, <laughs> and just like there was this flash of like big bird in battle paint, and I just yeah. I got mm. totally thrown off. <laughs> so, do you remember how long that went on? Like how long you guys played that? Maybe like a year. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember. Yeah, I'm horrible with dates as well. I don't know. So there was a stretch of time. We were the Zhang twins were living together on the Humboldt apartment. Ah, I can tell you that. Yes, it took place like solely <laughs> in that apartment, nowhere else. <laughs> Only. Yeah. That was the that was the the gestation the pressure cooker mm-hmm. of that particular campaign. What? In that, I'm trying to figure out the right way to phrase mm-hmm. it because tired brain. The hot toddy too, you know. And the hot toddy, exactly. You've now been playing tabletop role-playing games for, for quite a while now, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you've been playing since roughly when you and David started that going out. I, six years, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever that timeline mm-hmm. is. Obviously, your relationship with it has progressed beyond the I'm spending time with David. <laughs> what part about playing role-playing games and gathering and or gathering around the table or any of kind of the experience of playing D&D, et cetera, do you particularly enjoy? Like, what is the, you know, do you know, do you have a good sense for you what gets those kind of gears turning? My initial thought was like the same reason I play The Sims, (laughs) just like creation of like... I want to build something, mm-hmm. whether that be a story or a character. I do love character creation and like figuring out the backstory yeah. of the person. And I slightly get into the mechanics a little bit more and more. But honestly, if it doesn't work in DD Beyond, I'm not. I'm not looking at the Reddit, one those, you, Reddit threads. You get in. You get into it enough yeah. to know to be ready on your turn and mm-hmm. know basically what you need to do, but there's a line i absolutely understand that Mm -hmm. yeah so i just really i think enjoy more the collaboration of Mm -hmm. i like building something myself where i can like chat and chat you and be like hey i have this desk of doing yeah right (laughs) let's do this but then everything becomes greater Mm -hmm. uh when somebody else takes that and adds to it and we have chance thrown into it with the dice totally yeah and Oh, well, fuck, we're not doing that, I guess. <laughs> yes, I guess and... that's happening a little differently than we had anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially with the right group of people, it's a really chaotic but fun story mm-hmm. that you create together. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned creating characters because that's something I wanted to I wanted to spend a lot of time talking with you about for a mm-hmm. lot of reasons. A, just because it's always a cool thing. And I like <laughs> talking to everyone about like, how do you build characters? Or how do you mm-hmm. build campaigns? Whatever. But throughout both campaigns that we've played together and one shots and all that kind of stuff have always really, really loved the characters that you make and really loved the way that you play them, knowing that those are two separate categories uh, that you are very good in. And I'm always just like truly tickled. You always have such what it seems to be a very clear idea of who your character is, how they would react to things, what they would think about things. I, I am always blown away, maybe more than anyone else at the table or many other people I've ever even played with, to always make an in-character choice or comment because you are so well-rooted in your character. So I was really curious, when you are 
looking to create a character? How do, where do you start and kind of what what's important to you when you go about creating who that next character is going to be? I would say I've I don't think I've approached it the same way anytime. And I think I've gotten better at it. I mean, right. On. Everyone everyone would, of course. For Umbra specifically, I was like, I don't want to deal with <laughs> any of this spell nonsense that's too complicated. I built Umbra of like, I'm going to show up to the table. Because you said that, I think, when we were starting character creation of like, or starting the campaign of like, hey, you know, if your goal is to show up and play and then log off your brain afterwards that's fine that's cool and i was like great i'm gonna play barbarian <laughs> good news check and check uh and then as i got more comfortable playing that game and wanted to do more things yeah. in game i was like well fuck umbra has no reason to talk to anybody yeah right she's i made her too good at being angry all the time damn it <laughs> yeah and then i was like well there's got to be some story explanation like i don't know let's make her a paladin shove some paladin <laughs> levels on top of her yeah yeah and it worked out wonderfully it's still one of my favorite like one of my favorite stories in D gaming when it came to building val i don't even remember because we were talking about building characters for 400 million years <laughs> yeah you know what kind of drew you in the val direction because she's well very different than your last character mm -hmm. certainly but is also again such a very specific character has such specific goals and perspectives what what did you go in kind of wanting to get out of that that character building experience for Val, I will admit that I was inspired by Critical Role of Jester totally. and Caduceus. And they always seem to be able to be very versatile. I like having a lot of options. Yeah, totally. In my life, in everything. <laughs> yep. And so a cleric seemed like a good way to get into a spellcaster that wasn't limiting. Got like, it. there's a lot of paths, there's a lot of domains open to a cleric you can really do anything yeah with a cleric. absolutely and i really like that i don't have to choose spells yes that's garbage yeah i'm sorry to all the people who play wizards out there <laughs> you just you just have your have spells and if you want to swap one out you can mm -hmm. if you're like ah i need to be, be able to breathe water today but like generally you have your spells and they're the ones you've picked and then mm -hmm. you just kind of go yeah for for val i had a very specific inspiration person in mind which was uh meg carter peggy carter i always call her maggie for some reason because i'm like her name is I, margaret I but just her nickname nodded. is peggy yeah and i said that in like our opening talk really? one and i was like damn it we have to fix it and he's like no we're not editing that out it's like, damn it. the fans are gonna drag me for this they'll think i'm a fake peggy carter fan yeah I think when we had like our initial like character play test i was like she can't be peggy carter Peggy Carter is like, you know, the ultimate form I want my character yeah, to take. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But she's not there that. yet. She's level one. Like, you know, she's got to earn. Yeah, she's got to build to there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that was like character creation inspiration wise. But I think the, the reason I'm able to play my characters so well is because they're me. Just like one one dimension sure, that I focus totally. on and then expand out from there and inspiration from other places where it's Absolutely. like Umbra is just like kind of the lazy version <laughs> of me yep, where I get it was that. just like 100% yeah 
Nah, I'm going to be that person who's not there for the group projects. <laughs> yeah. um, yep. I'm just going to show up, do the bare minimum, and then I'm out. Right. You, you know? know what I'm here for. Point mm-hmm. me in that direction. I'll do it. And then we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just be eating turkey in the background. Yeah, exactly. Pete's meats will <laughs> Pete's have dropped meats. by this time. Yeah, uh, this interview is out. Everyone will know the good the good news. Oh, Pete's meats. <laughs> and then for for Val, I hate to say it, she's like my the manager version of me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And I think Jonathan was talking about it of how like Val seems to be like a natural leader, and I realized that too late. And I was really trying to like push Cass into that and I was like mm, dang it <laughs> no I I because I caught the same thing and I think you and I I think were both weirdly equally the same amount of surprised and obviously <laughs> I'm sure you were a little bit more in that Val lives in your brain and <laughs> you have a bit more you know one-on-one time with mm-hmm. Val but as soon as Jonathan said that I was also like Oh, I guess so. I guess so. Do you say that that Val is manager you in retrospect or did you go in again? I'm not saying specifically mm-hmm. like ah, I am doing manager Sophie for this character. Yeah. But, you know, is that something that you would have been able to identify early on? Or is that just something that has kind of come out and and shown itself throughout throughout play? Definitely something that's just come out and shown itself. I didn't necessarily have personality traits for Val Mm -hmm. picked out Mm -hmm. more backstory and yeah so I had like the backstory of she comes from this order yeah that in my mind is a little bit based on the King Killer Chronicles um yeah university academy absolutely what's is it called academy this is not important it's just like I'll look it up later. Yeah, again, we'll, we'll put it. We'll put it in post. We'll do. We'll do a little. Uh, a little ding. Yeah. You know, and be like, ah, the answer is. <laughs> when we were in character creation, there was this. It was the start of what are your sources? The whole misinformation era started. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and for me, I really wanted a character that. Well, that's where I drew my inspiration from. Of my character that's is really interesting. Dedicated to spreading knowledge that is tried and true is proven and it's not a secret her whole order wants to educate people not to tell them necessarily what's right or wrong just like have this information and hopefully it makes your life better hopefully you can use it how you see fit and give it to as many people who want it yeah i have have been really impressed and pleased at how well you have walked that line always with Val. Oh, well, actually, let me explain this to you. But Val is always just like trying to find whatever in she can to be yeah. like, well, let's have a conversation mm-hmm. uh, to checkers, to whoever it is that may, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to to square dwarf children who might need a science <laughs> packet to whatever. Yeah. Um, what are your kind of like goals when you kind of sit down to play Val? Like, is there a headspace that you kind of get into or like to get into other than manager Sophie, I guess? I don't come to the table as manager Sophie. Right. She just she just shows up. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> a lot of chaos like, at the table. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's a lot of chaos at the table and sometimes it needs oh, to be managed God. and I, it can go in. I, I understand. Know, I 100%. hate that. I, I was talking to David about this, actually, where I don't want to be I don't want to be the parent of this group. Right. I 
<laughs> I was talking to David about the dirt and I was like, I'm getting, <laughs> I, Sophie, am getting frustrated by this dirt and I can't play it as Val because I don't know if I can't separate myself from Val in yeah. this moment about this dirt. It's not <laughs> about, important. About the dirt on the roof. <laughs> That is happening. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, I need to, we're just, I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> we'll figure it out next session. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I don't know when you know about the dirt. No, they'll it's know, I not think, important. Uh, yeah. By the time this comes out, I think they'll, they'll know about the, okay. the dirt. <laughs> the just know dirt. I, Sophie was getting, I don't know why frustrated <laughs> about the dirt. You know, sometimes it happens. I yeah. understand deeply and completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so that's to say, I, ju- I didn't intend for Val to, and like I say manager Sophie because I had a real struggle when I first became a manager and I like figured it out towards the end. <laughs> I no longer manage people. My team was phenomenal. Uh but I had to do a lot of like personal yeah. reflection in that role. Yeah, of course. And I know I joke about Brene Brown. I don't know how many make that into the episode. <laughs> But, I don't either. I'm not in charge. Neither of us are in charge of that. So, but also Jonathan and David have both been talking about Brene Brown a lot the last couple of weeks. So if you keep making those references, okay. more might make it in. Yeah. Just based off of the way up. the winds are, mm-hmm. are going. Um, but her book, Brave in the Wilderness, was like what helped me. Mm-hmm. And it's the the search for true belonging, which is not a manager book at all. But that that's the book that helped me become better as a manager because it helped me say like no this is me this is what i'm going to stand up for this yeah. is how i'm going to handle the situation because i know myself and i think that's what comes out in val i, I agree 100 percent. it's also very funny even we had a meeting yesterday and we were all joking about how much corporate lingo and mindset <laughs> had you know weaseled yeah. into our brains of we're talking about our Q1 goals for the <laughs> podcast and we all wanted to die but also whatever but i i i i will say someone hearing you say manager sophie right can have one idea of like ah yes no i am I am professional person, manager of mm-hmm. feelings and emotions, Sophie. But definitely for me, what 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 I experience at the table with with you and with Val and manager Sophie <laughs> and all the Venn diagrams yeah. of those three therein is very, I think you put it beautifully of this is who I am and here's this is what I stand for. And I am going to find find ways to meet you where you are, whoever you are, Mm -hmm. and try to make a connection with you and try to build something together, basically. Um, And like, yes, that is definitely, like you said, a part of being a manager, Mm -hmm. but it's not like I am, I am the manager of, (laughs) of the Golden Tree Guild. Yeah. I think that also comes from, from Val having a more practical knowledge where it is not of like, you know, read this book and you'll have the same knowledge. I will. Her order, her family, especially her mom Mm -hmm. was, I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to like elbow to elbow. We're going to build this thing together. We're going to do whatever mostly hands-on task. And and that's how I imagine it in my mind, the illustrious atheum. That's how it, how it is. And there's, there's definitely a library. There are definitely, you know, some in the order who might only read and gain knowledge through books and there's definitely lecture halls and, right. and all of that. And Val gets plenty of knowledge through books. Yeah. But but 
that's not how most of the world learns. Yeah. And in order to go out and spread that knowledge, it has to be maybe maybe like an oral lecture where, you know, she's just talking to somebody. And I think that's more important to her to have that connection. Yeah. And I think that's why I got like a little salty about uh Giannis because he was we said it in game he's the complete opposite of it and I was like I you fucker <laughs> yeah Giannis uh I had many ideas of what Giannis could be you guys and we, we talked about it in the Patreon bonus episode of how you guys forced my hand and brought him in early and I was so delighted at how immediately <laughs> every single person in the party was like oh that guy sucks both <laughs> For me, personal reasons, Mm -hmm. for story reasons, and for reasons where I can see it's also affecting this other guild member. And now we all hate him. He's not evil, but we hate him. (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting to me, and especially as you're kind of talking about the the kind of themes that you're kind of bringing uh, bringing to your characters, to your your play, that kind of thing. What kind of stories, just generally, it doesn't need to be tabletop stories, of course, but of books, of movies or whatever, what kind of stories do you do you enjoy enjoy reading or listening to or consuming otherwise? I have been solely consuming romance novels yep. for a while. You say, yep, because your wife and I are in the Because my wife is also in the same <laughs> romance uh, novel uh, book club group. Thanks, Emily. Yep. Uh, thanks, Emily. You're I'm not sh- listening. I'm sure devoted <laughs> listener, Emily. Hello. A shout out that will will be heard. Yeah. So, yes, I have been probably for the last six months. At least, only, I think. Only reading romance novels. Yep. S- same with ha- Jenna. I love this genre because in order to be considered a romance novel, it has to have a happy ending. Perfect pandemic book genre. <laughs> uh, yes. Has to have a happy. I remember. Same. I Emily suggested a book that was called Whiteout. It's about this cook and like lead scientist who get stranded in, uh, in Antarctica <laughs> and they have to like trek across the continent and they I fall in love. You might have heard about Maybe. this because I just texted the whole group of like, this did not have a happy ending. <laughs> How is this possible? This whole genre is a lie. <laughs> there are rules for a reason. Yeah. And Emily was like very calmly being like, well, it's part of a trilogy. So the trilogy will have a happy ending. And I was like, you, you preface this book with that. I am not okay. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't need a three books from now happy ending. Mm. I need this happy ending right, right now. now. Please, God. Yeah. But prior to six months. <laughs> <laughs> to the to the to the both peer pressure and um, and emotional emergency of happy endings mm-hmm. and also of just like well this is kind of fun uh i really like sci-fi mm-hmm. the the martian i thought was really great but I just rewatched it it made me so happy i did not like the movie i get that i mean it was a good movie i just there it's always hard to have to translate like inner monologues and feelings yes. and that was so much of the book is was personal all, all journey, the book right? basically yeah um and that's actually why they don't really do romance into movies because romance novels are like they're the characters just talking to themselves <laughs> about how much they like the other person yeah, that like, makes sense yeah <laughs> totally can't, can't do it and then you just have to go with uh what's his name oh my god uh in pride and prejudice 
Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy's hand yeah. hand flex. And then you have to be like, well, you don't understand. It's actually, there's a lot of contextual layers here yeah. of the feelings that he's feeling, but there's just a hand on the screen. Exactly. So yeah, that, that makes sense. But what, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what kind of sci-fi stuff do you, have you enjoyed? There was one book I really loved. I think it was, I think it was called like the Bobiverse where I think I, am I familiar with that? Anyway, a, a software engineer signs up to be like cryogenically frozen uh, after like selling his public company and then dies like suddenly and wakes up as an AI, I believe Ooh. in the future. And he is like trained for a little bit. And then he's like shot out into space <laughs> in a satellite <laughs> and with some like, 3d printers and fabricators on board and he has to like fight other ai satellite intelligences like for control of the universe and it's way more fun and jaunty than i'm describing it but it is delightful i could see that there's a big scattershot uh (laughs) breadth of possible tones there Mm -hmm. and funny definitely makes sense or or again swashbuckling jaunty whatever yeah Mm mm-hmm and then I, I did enjoy the King Killer, but yeah, so probably would say like sci-fi fantasy is are the other books and genres I like. Do you have a sense as to what what of those genres really interests you or excites you as opposed to anything else? You know, is there something where like, oh, I really like this aspect of sci-fi or fantasy or whatever mm-hmm. that kind of brings you back to those those genres? Think, or of romance for that for that matter. I mean, you can have sci-fi and fantasy in romance. You can really have Abs- absolutely true. Anything. <laughs> anything goes. And, except happy endings. <laughs> yeah, they stay. <laughs> I think with sci-fi and fantasy, what I really like about them is there are no rules. Yeah. Anything is possible. And like with the Bobaverse, he was able to make anything. It was he created worlds and had all of these possibilities. And I think one really reason I really did like it, because it also compared like other AIs had the same yeah. options mm-hmm. and they went a completely different route. Did not take those options. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, he saves humanity, <laughs> but he endings. did not have to. Yeah. Um, with all, with sci-fi and fantasy for sure. I do like that there can be surprises and you know the martian is not too different but it was new ideas and like figuring things out yes and that makes sense with an author who's just like i don't know what happens if you shoot an (laughs) ai into space like figuring it out and yeah pulling on the threads Mm -hmm. yeah i love that sometimes it goes horribly wrong (laughs) sometimes i'm just like nah i am not here for it I'm out, but most of the time I will stick through it to see what happens. Yeah. It's kind of at the unfortunate part of the interview where like I've, I've gone through the naturally branching questions, Mm -hmm. which is also weaved through many of the other prepared ones. Yeah. And now I have other questions that I need, I need to ask you, Mm -hmm. but don't necessarily make for like a nice fun, like, well, now that you mentioned that, I'd actually like natural transition. So like, I'm sorry to both you and the listener, Sophie, uh, you'll just have to have to bear with me. Well, we'll just make this a hot toddy refill break. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Cut it now. Everyone, everyone (laughs) grab your, you know, pause Mm -hmm. and come back with with whatever warm beverage is is next for you mm-hmm. something I, I i wanted to talk about and obviously we started the interview talking a little bit about it but 
I am I'm really interested in your perspective, and I'll be asking David this too, but playing with your husband. Mm-hmm. Um not and I, I don't mean that in a playing with your husband, yeah. you know, like elbow that guy mm-hmm. kind of yeah. thing, but in a in a relationship sense. What has that been like for you, especially because you have started playing you started playing together very early in your relationship? At least relatively speaking. Basically immediately. <laughs> very, very early in your relationship and are still doing it now and mm-hmm. have been doing it at the same table for a, not all of it, but mm-hmm. a huge percentage of it and are still doing it and are doing it recorded now and all that kind of stuff. So I was curious about what that experience has been like you know, not just kind of week one, cool, hanging out with cute David, uh, who we all agree is cute David. Mm-hmm. That's his nickname here on the podcast. <laughs> the listeners not, might not know that. David might not know that. <laughs> but but all, all the way to now, what is is that experience like? Not just playing with this same group that we've been playing with, but specifically mm-hmm. playing with David, who you are also around all the rest of the time yeah. <laughs> by your own choice. Mm-hmm pretty great being around him being around cute david yes cute david i guess it if it doesn't feel very different than like playing with somebody else yeah because we really we're not husband and wife like not intentionally but like yeah we don't come to the table as that and he might i'm very curious to hear what he has to say about this i will i i i guarantee you i will Mm. edit out from either of your interviews in case it's like Oh no! What David said is I, going to be very hurtful. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it it would be. And I no, think that's sure actually not. probably why it's worked very well. Is we we are very honest with each other in yeah. everything except secret car snacks because car <laughs> snacks aren't aren't a thing. They don't exist to the other person. Yeah. No rules. But but in in a way, isn't that the most honest <laughs> yeah. thing? <laughs> of I need to be honest with you. Don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Don't question why there's a McDonald's wrapper in the car. Don't worry about it. It's not that's not important. Not important. Yeah, we're we're very honest with each other and it might have been because we started playing when we were sure. so new in the relationship. Sure. Yeah, that makes that sense. I don't have any expectations, any different expectations of David at the table than I would have of anybody else. Like yeah. we are not on the same team necessarily uh, our characters yeah. are fine to disagree <laughs> your characters uh, often hated each oh other last campaign in fact and it was the wonderful fucking baron <laughs> <laughs> everyone hated david's character <laughs> maybe even sometimes david uh and and you uh, maybe most of all <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think i honestly we had some conversations driving home from your apartment <laughs> of like why the fuck would the baron do this <laughs> Uh, I mean, and I would say those are reasonable questions for both the Baron and David. Why did you make these choices that have pained all of us mm-hmm. so deeply? Yeah. Most of the, the time it was just like, I don't know. I thought it'd be fun. And, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, he he really just comes in to have a good time, not at the expense of anyone else. No, and absolutely. You know, he he is a little um, devilish isn't the right word. There's a there's an air of chaos that he that he each each of you have your own occasional brands of chaos Mm -hmm. that you bring. And I would say (laughs) David's is for the meme. (laughs) David's is for the meme. I I hadn't decided what I was going to say. 
But that was that's <laughs> the correct answer is yeah. David's Jonathan's is there for drama and and for fun and mm-hmm. like let's throw a curveball and just like see how everyone reacts yeah. to it and like give and give people a chance to like bounce off. Mm-hmm. And Steve's particular brand is chaos is like, well, I'll just spice things up. I'll make things interesting for mm-hmm. people and I'll like liven things up. And David's is for the meme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> David's is for the meme. Mm-hmm. I would say you probably bring the least chaos. I'm trying to imagine. Umbra brought some chaos. Val hasn't yet. I think the chaos that you bring is the principles that your characters have, at least for the for the two characters that I've played the most mm-hmm. with, is that like both of them have perspective and a specific perspective. And you are are all you are. Not in a not ever in a malicious or unfun way, Mm -hmm. but you are always willing to step up and be like, this is what my character thinks. And like you all have to bring me along. And I, Sophie, Mm -hmm. of course, want to keep playing Dungeons and Dragons and go forward. But like Val, though, you're going to have to really talk to Val. I think there was several instances where Umbra was just bribed with jerky. Yes. <laughs> you don't there's need to think that. A, that is confirmed. Five times. At least five times. Or jerky or the promise of a big scary monster yes. that she got to go fight mm-hmm. and add a cool tattoo to her arm yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, but yeah, David is <laughs> David is for the memes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I will clarify, I love that about him. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> we would not be playing with David if we did not appreciate the memes. Like mm-hmm. we've been playing together again. You have been playing together for six years. Yeah. We have been probably playing together for at least four ish. Yeah. I we need to figure out exactly when that is. <laughs> we have before, and I already lost count. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we would not be playing with David if we did not enjoy mm-hmm. the memes. Yeah. Um, and enjoy the glee and devilishness with which he delivers the memes, mm-hmm. where he will always mischievousness. Yes, and he will look you in the eye and be like. I'm about to do a meme. Yeah. He has a very specific smile yes. saying this as his wife mm-hmm. is like, oh, you're about to do something. Yeah. Something something <laughs> is brewing over on that side of the table. And it's going to be wonderful and terrible all at mm-hmm. the same time, won't it? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. All right. Good. Whatever. Has has you playing together? And, and it's interesting because you guys have, like you said, been doing it basically since <laughs> the beginning of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Has Has that colored your your experience with him or your kind of view of him over the years do you think because i've i've played with jenna a little bit mm-hmm. and in those small snippets i feel like i saw a different side of of my wife is there anything that that you have learned or seen in playing with david or learned about him or or anything like that over the over the years at the at the table i think the way he approaches D&D is a lot like how he approaches most things yeah. <laughs> in his life where he he's going to dive in. He's going to yeah. research everything he can and really see what the best option is. I think he's definitely stepped back from min-maxing. I've not been yeah. in a campaign where he's really, he's not going to like mismatch stats. Right, he's not going to, let's not go crazy, yeah. but he's not going to... To, to find, you know, sand down the edges to ensure maximum velocity of his builds. Yeah, exactly. But he is going to spend a lot of time researching it so that when he comes to the table, he will not have, and we talked about it, he will not have the backstory. He will have every single number in place and then be like, oh, <laughs> right. 
there's role playing. Right. Exactly. It's there's mm-hmm. there's role playing to this role playing game, yeah. not just game. But I think that has definitely also changed oh, yeah. each campaign we've done. And yeah, it's it's been fun to talk to him about that and what I do for Val and then what he's done for Kaskrin. We've talk- I I didn't know what he was going to do with for Kaskrin, but I think we we had talked about finding a small thing it doesn't have to be yeah. big just like what's one small thing about Caskrin and just grab onto that mm-hmm. and go for it and then Caskrin has slippers and high thread count <laughs> sheets and i love it it's i already loved Cas mm-hmm. a lot for a lot of reasons yeah. and then that happened and it was like no i'm mm-hmm. like deeply in love with Caskrin. right <laughs> like yeah. i am with all the characters but like that was the specific moment mm-hmm. of like Yes, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. And like, I again, I had no idea. I was not like, give him slippers. But it was just like <laughs> talking about my process. And like, I we've both learned from that. And like, I've learned a lot about D&D mechanics or role playing mechanics from him. Again, I'm just like showing up <laughs> yeah, some right. of the time. But a lot of his deep lore knowledge <laughs> has slightly rubbed off on me yeah <laughs> totally of learning that would you do you have a a one thing for val like that or have you or or have you started with that kernel now three years ago or whatever <laughs> and if now it has now grown mm-hmm. into a huge fertile crop and it's like well yeah i had a seed at one point and i don't really have it or need it anymore i think the the seed for val was giving knowledge freely yeah and then as we've role played, like I have like a five page document that I answered of all of your questions. <laughs> yes. but I don't think any of it is relevant anymore <laughs> because there's, there's still I was actually surprised when I was getting ready that there's still there's actually still quite a bit that that works pretty well, okay. at least at least tone and, and perspective mm-hmm. wise. But I think more of it is changed at the table, like discovering. Mm hmm. Or maybe really realizing that Val has to be very personable and yeah. not necessarily very charismatic. She's not not charismatic in, in a bard sense, I guess. Right. Like or in a, a, in a, you're, when you're standing up, you're not like, ooh, I'm putting on a show mm-hmm. and I'm like engaging you and I'm grabbing you and I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm specifically, you know, speaking to each of you and commanding a room. Right. But like you yeah it's you val always meets people again Mm. works to reach out to people yeah and i think that more came so came from playing at the table and i guess doing the the homework for lack of better term the questions you asked us in character creation which i find very helpful good um i always worry uh and i i know well it's i always worry especially because i know that the Zangs will just do whatever. <laughs> They're like, oh, cool, more things for us to, to fiddle dumb. with and mm-hmm. think through. And I also am like, well, I'll put this out there because I'm I'm anxious and worried and like, well, I have to include everything and, and make sure everyone's happy and comfortable. Um, but then also get carried away in doing that. So it's like, well, I hope Steve and Sophie enjoy doing it too. <laughs> and you guys both like delivered also these like epic, awesome mm-hmm. uh, uh, things for that. I would be but. very curious to just know the difference. Like, I don't want to see Jonathan and David's work, but it's just like, what was, what's like the difference between, and I, I feel like this is an appropriate <laughs> grouping, Jonathan and David versus mine and Steve. Yes, that is a deeply appropriate grouping for sure. 
there's nothing like secret mm. or like shameful. But you and Steve both definitely sat down and went through it and like really were intentional and like this is what I'm doing right now. And, you know, kind of like thinking through it and processing things. And I and as I recall, David and Jonathan were a lot more. Okay, cool. We have this side chat with Nathan. So like once every three hours, I'm going to throw a one sentence idea (laughs) out. That sounds actually very accurate. And then we'll talk about it for two hours and then there'll be an hour of downtime and then I'll throw out another sentence and then we'll Mm -hmm. talk about that for a little while. Uh, And then I I actually don't even remember if I got a firm, large document. I think I did, Mm -hmm. but not. I I specifically remember yours and and Steve's (laughs) and have referenced them many times. And I don't know if I remember if I got one or what theirs looked like from them, but also obviously they thought a lot about it. My last question that I wanted to do before the lightning round of questions is, and and we've talked about it a little bit in this interview already. And I think I have some ideas, but do you have any creative tabletop role-playing game like heroes or mentors? Is there anything that when you look back and you kind of look at yourself as a role player now or the role player that you want to be that, you know, has been a really big influence on you. Well, over the pandemic, I have watched all of campaign one and two of Critical <laughs> Did you Did you start campaign one? No, I started campaign two I, and then they were making inside jokes. And then I was like, well, I have to understand these inside jokes. And so I went back and watched campaign one, which was hard. That is, I love Critical Role, but that is not high quality video. No. And like, if you come in at campaign two and their beautiful set and all the work they put into that, I was just like, oh, this is where they started? Cool. How did they start with so many subscribers? I, I could have like, sworn that you, you that you had been watching. I got into it because Steve suggested it. Really? Steve made us watch the Sam Regal video and all of his awesome bard songs. yeah i okay okay i remember oh that's so i hadn't started watching it before really mm-hmm. i knew that you hadn't necessarily started watching when we started playing together anyway back so that's to the actual... what i did over the pandemic <laughs> so critical role yeah for example mm-hmm. is there is there anyone in particular on critical role that you and you mentioned a couple of characters already but is there any any particular players or characters that you really look to as like i like I like this person because of this reason, or I try to emulate this person. I love Ashley Johnson because that was Umbra for me, where it was just like, she's yeah. gone half the time. <laughs> from the, from the, she's on her TV show, but it was just like, she's going to show up, play, and be like, what's happening? Oh, I kill it. And then like, be gone. And then, uh, cool. I have done my, I have done my duty. Yeah. And then, as I said, Laura Bailey with Jester and Talison with, Caduceus, they were so different in, in clerics, and Laura Bailey is her own <laughs> chaotic goddess. Yes, uh, I I liked that one class could be so different. Yeah, though I feel like myself as a player is definitely Travis. Got it. I am definitely yep. a Travis. Okay. From 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 what I have seen, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that makes a lot of sense. In in a lot of ways, I'm curious. What do you think makes you the Travis <laughs> of, of of the group and of role playing? I think it's more of our like approach to the game, where it's like I'm here to have fun and yeah. and do this, and I I know what's going to happen on my turn. I might be a little bit better at Travis than that, <laughs> just recalling like things that you can do. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
but I feel like we are both like, cool, I'm going to I'm going to show up to the game and I haven't been every five minutes DMing the DM and and talking about things, but coming to the game and being present and having a good time and not necessarily like being so mentally aware of all of the mechanics and rules and numbers, but more so this is what my character would do. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And I, I also think being present at the table is the perfect way to put that. And I think you you both are also very big cheerleaders for other players at the table mm-hmm. and, and make a lot of character choices in a way that enables other characters to make additional choices on top of that. That, that makes a whole bunch of sense to me. At the risk of going on any longer, <laughs> even though I have many other questions that I want to ask they you. They can be a part two. Yeah. Ex- genuinely have already, literally, I haven't recorded too many of these, but I've recorded enough where it's like, Listening back and editing them, it's like, I wish I'd asked this. Didn't get to ask that. Huh? Really talked about that a long time. <laughs> Damn it. And I've already been like, I think I'm going to have to bring back every, all of these people uh, for, for another one, including us. But it is lightning round question time. Okay. As I tell everyone, one word answers, totally valid. That's going to be hard. An answer of, well, I don't really know, is totally mm-hmm. fine. I'm also trying to hold myself to like, I'll ask a couple clarifying questions, certainly, but I'm also fine if you just say like purple <laughs> and then that's it. I'll be like, cool. okay, that is your answer. Then we move on. I feel on. like we both know what my one word answer is. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and when I edit it, I'm going to leave that exact pause in and maybe the listeners can guess. Mm-hmm. They'll know. Lightning round. Okay. Is your glass half full or half empty? Full. What excites you creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Possibility. What does not excite you creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Dead ends. What is your favorite sound? I, I want to say <laughs> there's a very particular laugh David has, but that <laughs> sounds I just I the different answer. Uh, nope, it's Tempest, all valid and good. Tempest video game. Is it the Tempest? There's one video game at Logan Hardware where you just like twist a dial around and you're like, you're shooting little, is it called? The, I'm going to ask David. He'll know about this. I play this. This is the only game I play when we were there. But it's a like you turn a dial and shoot and like the levels are different geometric shapes. Okay. But when you spin the dial like really quick, it's just like, <laughs> and it makes this really cool and like a sound I personally can't make. But that sound. But that sound. <laughs> yeah. What sound do you hate? Metal, scraping metal. I Ooh. can't. I hate it. Yep. That's a good one. What's your favorite word? Boondoggle. <laughs> Ooh. What is your least favorite word? Gypped. Ooh. It, I replaced. I, I subbed out gypped for boondoggle. Oh, that is your new, your actual favorite word? I didn't know the the source the root yeah. of gypped the unfortunate yeah. dark backstory of the word gypped absolutely i was listening to braving the wilderness and mm. Brene brown explains <laughs> the history of yep. that word and so boondoggle is similar so it's just it, your 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 new favorite word is the it's a recent substitution re, so it's fresh i love fresh that on my mind what tabletop role-playing game or D monster have you not faced or run as a DM? And I know you've DM'd a little bit before, but what one of those have you 
not been able to face or run that you would love to? You all completely avoided my army of mushroom people. <laughs> and I was real sad about that. There was that. an army of mushroom people? Yeah, because I found them in the in the monster manual. Yeah, when was this? In the Terra Nova one shot. In the, in the, in the uh, dinosaur, dinosaur one, one shot. shot I ran there, was a, there were mushroom people? There were mushroom people and nobody... I was telling David this recently. In the corner where like the wall was ripped out, like what exploded in the lab led to mushroom people. And then what did we do? <laughs> the, the generator got turned on because you split the party and two people were investigating the lab and you didn't get to that back corner before the other two people turned the generator on and my big dinosaur showed up. Oh, uh, you had to run out. So mushroom people, mushroom people. Okay. I, I love mushroom people. So like anytime that you were around one shot, I was just like, Oh, what's this mysterious mushroom in the corner? We'll make sure no one else listens to yeah. it uh, before we run that. And then it'll mm-hmm. just, I'll, I'll play along. A Tarasque. Like it's like a classic. Yes. And I, I don't have the experience. That right. I haven't, I've never, I've never faced one. I've never mm-hmm. run one, but like. Everyone's like, oh no, a tarasque shows up. And I was like, is, I know, I know <laughs> that's bad. I know it's not good. Right. But I don't know like the magnitude. Right. And the feeling of mm-hmm. how bad this is. Yeah. Yes. That's a great answer. What is your favorite adventure of all time and it can be a tabletop adventure or it can be an adventure in fiction or it could be a ooh, i really liked this this stream story or this particular mini arc or anything like that but an adventure that really struck home with you i ran the minds of fan delver mm-hmm. for a group of my female friends that had no experience. I remember you talking about this a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as you were getting ready for this. Yeah, really zero context whatsoever of of D&D. And going into that as like one of my first times DMing yes. was hard, but so fun. And they had a great time. We only did like two sessions, but... As a, like a newcomer to D&D, I had David, I had like a guide. Yeah. Yeah. David and Jonathan and like everybody who's was at the table with me was very helpful and but then it was just me and I'm the only one with knowledge with any, at this and, table. And, and even if I remember it like any context other yeah. than like D&D exists mm-hmm. and that's what we know. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, I'm the source of truth. <laughs> okay. Let me just constantly keep the player's handbook open and like explaining certain rules and mechanics and then just like blatantly not accepting them be like no <laughs> it was it was utter chaos in the best yeah, way possible absolutely absolutely what is your favorite ttrpg character of all time and again it can be one of yours it can be one you played with it can be one you watched whatever i haven't watched i've only really watched critical role totally. um i don't know uh i i probably would have to say umbra because she has such a special place in my heart. Absolutely. She has a special place in my heart as well, in case that is any validation. Val will get there, too. I'm I'm already I'm very deeply attached <laughs> to Val. <laughs> but you're not, you know, two, two to three years yeah. of play, mm-hmm. of like weekly play invested in Val yet. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Umbra's my favorite. I love Umbra so much. <laughs> Final question. What gives you hope? Hmm. What gives me hope? Good friends. Good answer. Sophie, thank you so much for joining me on this wonderful episode of Reckless to Talk. I really appreciate it. It was just as wonderful as expected. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. 
Our roaring fire and our hot toddy. Our toddies. roaring fire. Uh, we got to, excuse me, waiter, one more hot toddy, please. Just let's, let's do another <laughs> one. Another one for the table. <laughs> Thank you again, Sophie. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.